Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. What Causes My Fear? Episode 7 of the Prayer and Fasting Series. Fear is born in various situations, but haunts us all the same. This fear can stifle our transparency before God and weaken our faith. Here's Jacqueline. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we lay Romans 8 before you right now. Lord, there's so much in this passage. There's so much in the word that's presented in our question this week of what causes our fear. There's so much that lays on our heart that carries our thoughts as we think about fear. And there's so many different aspects that we can take this. But Lord, we're doing a study on prayer and fasting. And I pray that you'll help us to center our thoughts, center our quest, center our purpose today, and bringing fear into our prayer life correctly and properly and laying it before you. We pray that you will take our fear, whatever that may be, and that you'll wash it so perfectly and so cleanly in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll help us to get real today. And I pray that you'll use my words for your glory and your honor and nothing more. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans 8. We're going to start um, in verse 1 and work our way down to maybe 17 and then just stay in that area. Keeping the 35 through 39 naturally where we stand. Uh, the question this week, we've had a lot of questions over the past couple of weeks. They've been good questions and they've been good answers. Scripture is a great place to get our answers. Today's question is what causes my fear? Interesting question. Vast question. And I wanted to go all over the place with that one because I know fear. I know fear by name. He's been a very, very close friend of mine since I was about eight years old. I, I know, I know fear. I don't like him, but he really loves me, if you can say it that way. So when this question came up and I looked over the question on Friday, and I looked over the passage, Romans 8, on Friday, and I prayed over it and started my journey for this week, I knew fear was in the title, I knew fear was in our topic, and I knew history repeats itself. And I've taught about fear before over the past 13 years, and I've conquered and worked through the area of fear, and I knew fear would be coming at my, I knew it. So on Friday, I knew it was coming before me, so I prayed, God, I know fear is coming because it's topic of conversation. I need to get real about it. Just help me through this. And the weekend, you know, went forward, and Monday happened, and then Tuesday morning, I woke up around 5.30 something, struggling in my sleep, in my bed, and weeping from, and woke up weeping. Not wake up, you know, in that little tears on your eyeball. I was shaking and weeping from my dream. I haven't had this dream in years, but you know that dream? Am I the only one that has that dream? And it's that same location, and it's the same situation, and it's the same person. And I'm in my bed, weeping. And I woke up, I'm like, okay, I know this feeling. It fits me so well. I knew how to get in bed with it on. Does that make sense? I knew how to get my morning shower and brush my teeth, and it was still on because it just fit me. It was an old, familiar friend. And as much as I hated it, I knew how to wear it, and I wore it well because I've had to for years as a good Christian girl. 
and it went through my day and I had my morning time of prayer and I had my morning time of Bible study and I prayed over Romans 8 and I prayed over my fear and it was there. Just that taste in your mouth, that thought on your head. This is my Tuesday. And I had my headache, you know that emotion headache? You know, you cry so much, you have that emotion headache. And you're like, my head just hurts. <laughs> that was my Tuesday. And I'm going through my morning, and I'm going through my early afternoon, and I'm doing all my headache fixes, right? I had two and a half large cups of coffee because that helps. It did nothing. I hate taking medication. I had an ibuprofen. That did nothing. Like nothing, nothing has taken away my head. I turned off my lights. I put the cold on my... Nothing was taken it away. That morning... I got an email bing on my iPad from a girlfriend of mine who knows my fear. She knows it. She knows it personally. Not because it's my fear. She knows fear. She knows fear as much as I know fear. And my iPad bings that morning, and she's a writer as well, and she gave a, um, a post that morning. And she says, you have a record. And so do I was the title. And I saw the title. I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm glad she wrote that today because I need that. I know I have a record. I know I do. So I looked at it and I'm reading it. And she totally turned it upside down. It wasn't a record of your faults and it wasn't a record of your fear and it wasn't a record of who you were. It was a record of who you are in God. And it was the most beautiful, powerful thing I read, and I needed it that morning. And she's like, this is who you are in God. It was as if my girlfriend Kimberly and I were sitting across each other at Panera Bread on Fort Apache, which means very little, to, to Gail knows. It's a Vegas street, and it's a wonderful little, I used to live right off Fort Apache, and there was a Panera, Panera Bread right there. Kimberly and I met there years ago, years ago. And I poured everything out to this woman who was kind of a new friend, poured it all out. And she received it all. And we've walked together in fear for years, helping each other, growing each other, caring each other. And she had no idea Tuesday was Tuesday. And she had no clue that she was writing this thing that God was going to use just, just for me, because I'm selfish when I read things. And I'm reading it, and she's like, this is your record. This is your record, who you are in God. And then she gives some pointers. Here's what you do with that record. And point number two is tell others. And I smiled. And like this woman that was the very first human that I said, can I tell you that I have a friend named Fear and I don't know how to handle it anymore? The very first woman that I said this to reminded me 10 years later, tell others of the greatness of God. And I sat there, and I'm like, oh. I learned with her that when you're in the mire, you have to tell others. You have to. When you're in the mire, you have to reach out and say, I am in the mire and I need to get out of the mire. And you tell the right person and that person will literally come and sit in the mire with you. Not because they're depressed, not because they're in darkness, not because they're struggling with fear, but because they love you and they want to sit with you. And they'll sit with you until you're ready to stand and they stand with you. And they stand with you until you're ready to take a step and they take a step with you. And they take a step with you until you're ready to run and they run with you. This is my Kimberly. And she had no idea that 10 years later I was hitting that wall all over again. And she wrote this post and she said, tell others. Tell others when you're in the mire and tell others when you're standing on the mountaintop and say, this is how great my God is. And I learned that day, this Tuesday, two days ago, I learned when you're in that mire that you know so well, you're in that familiarity that you know so well, 
you tell others the greatness of God and that mire disappears that quick. And I learned I don't have to sit in this fear for a month. It's not going to be a month-long battle like it has been. And it's not even going to be a week-long battle like it has been. By the end of that Tuesday, I was playing cards with my son, cracking up laughing, and that little fear that likes to fit me so well was gone. Tell others of the greatness of God. It's amazing. I practiced my first lesson of telling others when you're in the mire, and I reached out to a group of girls, small group of girls, prayer warrior girls. And I said, very nervously, because I don't share my story when I'm in the midst of the story. I like talking about it afterward. <laughs> I like that, oh, whew, that was hard. God's so great. Let's go do something. I like that type of a story. I don't like saying, I'm sitting in mud. <laughs> Can you help? I'm not good with that. I'm learning that. So Kimberly reminded me, tell others. I'm like, okay, I need to tell others that I'm struggling. So I ran to a small group of girlfriends, and I said, just a couple of sentences, I'm struggling. And I'm, you know, swipe texting, which I love swipe texting. It's like cursive. It's cursive text. And I sent a cursive text, and I said, I need, I need prayer. This is how I need prayer. This is why I need prayer. Send. Within five minutes, my headache that would not go away all day long was gone. Just gone. And I'm like, tell others. Tell others. Don't sit by yourself. Don't let that fear sit by yourself. And I don't know if you struggle with fear. From the expression on faces this morning, I have a feeling I'm not the only one that knows what I'm saying. Fear is binding. It's awful. It's slavery is what it is. Tell others. Don't let it sit on you. And I can tell you more of my fear story. I can tell you where it started. I can tell you how deep it went. I can tell you my hardest struggle. And I will. If you need to, I will. We will do that. For right now, my request is, with caution, remember where your fear came from and wrap it and throw it away in the truth of Romans 8. Personal challenge. Not an easy challenge. We've been doing a lot of fun, beautiful, easy challenges in prayer and fasting. Hasn't it been good? These challenges have been sweet. Do you know our prayer life completely destroys fear? It destroys it. But when it comes to fear, you cannot do it alone. I can't. Maybe somebody can. I cannot do fear alone because fear is loneliness. And when you're ever in a state of loneliness, it doesn't matter how much scripture you know, and I know scripture. It doesn't know how, much, how strong your prayer life is, and I have a strong prayer life. It doesn't matter what logic and certainty you have in your head, you can't pull yourself out of it. But when you have a girlfriend beside you quoting scripture to you, you stand a little bit stronger. Isn't it? I love the smiles, smiles all over the room. The thought of a girlfriend quoting scripture to you and praying with you and reminding you, life, it's life. It's not fear, it's life. That's what Romans 8 is saying. Here's scripture. Romans 8, the question is, what causes our fear? We know what causes our fear. When it comes to our prayer life specifically, why are we afraid? Have you ever thought about that? When you're on your knees, when you're in a quiet place, when you're waiting for your reward of your secret place with the Lord, why does fear come in? When you're getting ready to lay down all your emotions and pray all, all supplications before the throne, why does fear come in? Does anybody struggle with fear in your place of prayer? Where does that fear come from? The root is going to be different for many of us, but the answer is always the same. Here's what Romans 8 says. There is therefore 
Now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. It sets you free in the name of Jesus Christ from the law of sin and from death. This is what the spirit of life does. I want to read through these next few verses. And as you read through these verses, notice how often the word spirit, capital S, is listed. It's constant. The spirit is life. The spirit, the spirit is in you. The spirit is life. You believe in Jesus Christ, the spirit of life is in you. You have the spirit of life, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit of life. Ultimately, I just summed up Romans 8, Jacqueline's version. Here's what it says. Verse, um, let's start verse 1 again because it's so beautiful. There used to be Maranatha singers used to sing this song. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation. Underline any words that you need. For those who are in Christ Jesus... For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. Lay your fear right there. He has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Verse three says, for God has done what the law that has been weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son, capital S, Jesus Christ, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Can you claim your righteousness? It's hard to claim sometimes. Claim it. It says in verse 4, Who walk not according to the flesh, but who walk according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and this is where fear comes from. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And we pause. Verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. It's a choice. Don't do it. But to set the mind on the Spirit of life, or the Spirit is life and peace, it's a choice. Do that. Verse 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, It can not. You can go back to chapter 7 and talk more about the mind. The last few verses of chapter 7 concludes the power of the mind, the struggle of the mind. Your mind is going to battle within you. It is going to happen. Don't be shocked. But win. How do you win? Spirit of life. How do I spirit of life? Go back to lesson one. What is prayer? Revisit what is your prayer life look like? And I'm testifying of this because I did this literally on Tuesday. (laughs) I know this process works. We get used to our familiar feeling, that grossness that we know so well, but we accept it because we know it so well. It's, It's not attractive. It's not fun. We don't love it, but we know it. So we revisit it. We give it permission to stay because we know that cycle don't we? We know how to process through it. It's a learned behavior. So we do what we know. And Jesus is saying, what's your prayer life? Are you in your prayer life? Tell others, do this, proclaim this truth, and it's the spirit of life. Make your choice. What choices do I have? Don't be alone. Well, who do I call? I don't know. I've got a couple of suggestions. But I don't know them that well. Get to know them. 
And if in that mire you say in your prayer life, God, I don't know who to call and a name comes to mind, perhaps that's the person. It's exactly what happened that morning. I was in my kitchen floor, curled up in a ball, weeping in fear. My husband and son just left for a camp out. That's all they did. They just went for a camp out. But I knew they'd be dead. Or I knew I would die while they were gone. I just knew it. Because fear is irrational. And I knew it so much to be truth that I was in my kitchen. And I was never in my kitchen, let me tell you. <laughs> but I was, I was in my kitchen, and probably because it was a clean, quiet space. <laughs> and I was curled up in a ball, weeping, not knowing what to do. So I grabbed my phone, and I texted a girl named Kimberly, who lived a couple miles away from me. And we were starting to know each other. And I don't know why God said, call Kimberly. But I called Kimberly. And she didn't come to my house, and I didn't go to her house. We drove down Fort Apache, and we went to Panera Bread. And I sat in my car with no noise on, and I'm in my car, and I'm shaking, and I'm weeping. She pulls up in her van, parks next to me, classical music blaring from her car. And she's sitting there all in peace and smiling. And this is the beauty of having somebody who knows your issue but is working through her issue as well. Because here's what God does. Same thing he does with marriages and, and with your children. When you're having a bad day, they're having a good day. And it's wonderful. Don't get upset about that. Don't get jealous of people having a good day. Get energy from that. When you're having a bad day, they're having a good day. When they're having a bad day, you're having a good day. And it's called perfection. Because I pull up in, this, in my car, same car I have now. I've had that car forever. And I'm sitting there in my blue charger, and I'm weeping. She pulls up with a smile and classical music. I remember walking inside, sitting across from her at a booth. I remember drinking tea, and I remember talking. I don't remember the whole conversation. I don't remember driving home. I don't remember going to sleep that night. But I remember the next time fear hit, I knew what to do. And I text Kimberly, and I just said, I need prayer. Don't do it alone. Find somebody who has the spirit of life that can remind you the spirit has life. Right now you have to live. You have to choose to live. Are you going to choose to live? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm doing life with you. Okay, it's not pretty. That's okay. I'm doing life with you. And you move forward. Verse 9, it says, You, you, however, take this personal, will you? You, however, are not in the flesh. You just got expo markers, and that just filled my soul to the brim. Write this on your mirror. Who are you? What do you have? You are not in the flesh. That's truth. You, however, are in the spirit. That's truth. And you say, but it's such like a blanket statement. Yes, cover yourself in that blanket. It's so much better than that thing that you know too well. And the more you wear that and the more you know it, the more familiar it becomes and the more you get grossed out when that old familiar feeling comes. And you fight it off with what the truth has covered you with. Does that make sense? You have to make that choice. You, however, verse 9 says, are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, I like that he makes sure of that. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Then the Spirit dwells in you. Really the answer to the question. It's the answer to every question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Okay. What do I do now? Jesus. (laughs) Let's go to 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. 
if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, catch this, if the spirit of him, this is God, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, wrap your head around that sentence, then he, which is God, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give you what? Life. And he's going to give life to what? Your bodies. That's cool. You're like, but this is hard. This fear is overwhelming. I cannot handle this right now. God has given you life and he's given life to your body. Your mortal physical body has life in it. And not the life that gets out of bed and not the life that brushes its teeth and not the life that moves one foot in front of the other and not the life that crawls right back into your blanket by the end of the day. He's given you life. What's your choice? You have to choose. And you may be hit so hard that you have to sit for a minute. Sit. Sit. And in your sitting, make your choices. Know your choices. Write your choices down today so that when the next thing happens, because we are alive, things are going to happen. Your flesh is going to attack. Satan is going to pull you down. Things are going to hurt. But you have your list. And you're going to know next time this happens, I'm prepared. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell others. I'm going to tell others when I need help. I'm going to tell others the greatness of my God. Tell others. Verse 11, just because it's so beautiful. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Doesn't it make you just want to sit in that for a minute? Verse 12 says, so then, brothers, we are debtors. We are not debtors to the flesh. Catch that truth. There's another truth. Write that down. You're not in the flesh. Therefore, you're not debtors to the flesh. You owe your flesh nothing. You owe that fear nothing. Don't give them anything. Don't give them place. Let me start from the beginning. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh... You will die. That's the end story. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. It's a choice. Verse 14 is the answer to our question. Our question is, what causes our fear? What causes our fear when it comes to prayer and fasting? What causes our fear? We know what causes our fear on our Monday or Tuesday or Friday or Saturday. We know what causes our fear after a nightmare. We know what causes our fear when we think of our past, when we consider the future. We know what causes our fear. When it comes to prayer and fasting, what causes our fear? Look at verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into what? Fear. When you approach the throne of God with the spirit of slavery, that's how fear enters your prayer life. What is that topic of slavery? What is that for you? We rehearsed this a little bit in the fall. We had a topic, freedom from slavery. It's different for all of us. There are chains, there are weights, there are thoughts, there are pressures, there are broken dreams, there are broken futures. There are hurt pass. There are baggage. And they're all slavery. It's all forms of slavery. And we think we can't get past this. What do I do next? Tell others. Don't go through it alone. Because you have a choice. 
You have a choice. Make that choice. Tell others. And then as you tell that others, not all the people, don't tell all the people all the things, but tell others that need to hear, that can hear, and that can walk with you. Tell others. And then as you tell others, you're going to notice the weight is gone. The baggage is left behind. The freedom presses you forward. It's amazing to see the transformation happen, not because you're working so hard at the transformation, but you're walking so closely in the light that you look back and you're like, oh, that happened. Huh, I didn't even notice. And that weight is gone. And you can look back and that is now your foundation. That's now your strength to do that next step. And it's amazing and it gets stronger and stronger as you go through. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the adoption of sons, wherewith we can call God Abba, we can call God Father. When we read through Romans 8, there are verses that bring me to tears. And it's the fact that my God is my Father. And because his spirit is alive in me, I have the right to say I'm struggling with fear. But you're my God. You are my father. And I'm telling you, with my words, this hurts. I don't want to do this again. And he sits with you. And he lays on your head your choice. And he gives you strength to make your choice. And he stands with you. And he steps with you and he walks with you and he runs with you. This is your God. This is your father. He has adopted you. Today, we don't have to wait for eternity to get our inheritance. We don't. We have an inheritance waiting for us. We have glory we can't even wrap our head around. But we have a piece of that today. You're his daughter. Cast that fear aside. Lay it before the throne. Add that to your prayer of all prayers to all supplications and get real. Is it easy? Because it depends on the day. (laughs) Tuesday it was not. Today it was great. My prayer time this morning was fantastic. But that's the beautiful thing about it. The more you do it, the easier it gets. It was only Tuesday. That blew my mind. My struggle with fear was only Tuesday. It wasn't even all of Tuesday. It was just Tuesday. That's amazing to me. It used to bind me for years. And it used to bind me for months. And it was just a day. That's victory. That was, that's amazing. Verse 14 is beautiful. And just to finish this passage, and we'll close. Verse 16, it says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. We are heirs of God Almighty and fellow heirs. Your scripture may say joint heirs. We are side by side with Jesus Christ as equal heirs to God. Wrap your head around that. Can't. We're provided. We suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Heavenly Father, oh, Father, we'd love that we get to call you such. Thank you for calling us your daughter. Thank you so much for giving us choices. Thank you for giving us the choice of salvation. Lord, we can choose if we call upon your name. We can choose if we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried and rose again. We can make that choice. 
Lord, I stand here with a group of friends and I raise my hand and I say, I made that choice. I choose Jesus to be my savior. I chose that when I was three and I've stood on it throughout my life. And I thank you for being such an ever faithful savior and ever faithful father. I thank you that even when I fall, you hold me. I thank you for your arms. Father, I pray that you'll be with us this morning. Keep Romans 8 alive within our souls. Strengthen us and grow us in the way that we need to individually and as a group of girlfriends. I pray that you'll go before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online. 